This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey, Score North listeners, it's Phil Mackey here. And starting Monday, September 23rd and running through Friday, September 27th, we at Score North are raising money to feed and change the lives of Twin Cities homeless. We're calling it Score North's Mission for Meals, supporting the Union Gospel Mission Shelter in St. Paul. We're auctioning off some awesome sports-related packages, including Twins playoff tickets with luxury transportation to the ballpark, a Gopher football tunnel experience, a Vikings-Packers package, also live show sit-ins with Glenn Perkins, Alex Boone, and a lot more. Money raised will go directly into helping transform the lives of Twin Cities homeless. ScoreNorth.com slash Mission for Meals is where you can see all the packages. That's ScoreNorth.com slash Mission for Meals. Or if you just want to donate, you can go to the same website. $1.96 provides a meal and shelter for a homeless person. ScoreNorth.com slash Mission for Meals. They delivered on the foot stuff. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. It's uh, nice to be believed in. Uh, you got to go out and earn it, though. In this league, no one's giving you anything. This isn't a charity. Uh, you got to play well to earn people's confidence. So if he's saying that, it's because he's seen practice reps, he's seen game reps, he's seen what we're capable of as, a, as an offense throwing the football. And uh, and so you got to go out and earn it. Believe me, I'm not going to be playing quarterback here if I play the way I did this past Sunday for much longer. So uh, I understand that, and um, you know, I look forward to getting out there and playing at a much higher level. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami, day three of a staycation. He'll be back on a Monday, but Judd. We spent some time on yesterday's show talking about how, and the day before, if you're going to add to this team, it's got to be a Jalen Ramsey, right? It's got to be, if you're going to make this team better, you can only add defensively. Double down on defense, yeah. I mean, I know a way you could make the offense better. How's that? Really? You're going to go here? Antonio Brown's available again. (laughs) Yeah, but he's about to be suspended, so he's not going to make your (laughs) offense better for a long time. Hey. Shooter's got to shoot, right? Yeah. He's going to make an XFL team's offense real good next year. Yeah. yeah. This might actually be a Vince McMahon creation. I think when Antonio decided to try to intimidate a person that came out and basically said that he had harassed her, that, uh, and then had a text message thread, and I read this last night, that included his own lawyer. Oh, Drew Rosenhaus just tweeted. Do you want that? Yeah. We'll get into Viking stuff here in a second. Yeah. What a Drew. Actually, you know what? I actually, for the first time, in my life, feel a little bad for Drew Rosenhaus. No, don't. He's a, a little. Really? He's a, a little bit. He's bad. a first class jerk, and I'll tell you a story in a second. Okay, I don't doubt that, but like I he, do, he I dealt signs with him up a few times. For, he signs up for a lot of crap uh, because it leads to a lot of money. Well, right. 
But this is another level of crap that this guy sent over. He tweeted, it's unfortunate that, by the way, Antonio Brown got cut today, if the, if, if, for those of you just joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, second team in a week and a half that he's been cut by. It's unfortunate things didn't work out with the Patriots. But Antonio Brown is healthy, is looking forward to his next opportunity in the NFL. He wants to play the game he loves, and he hopes to play for another team soon. <laughs> cut and paste. So, so Drew Rosenhaus. All right, what's your before we get into Viking stuff? What's your Drew Rosenhaus? So my my second year on the Packer beat, they had a cornerback named Mike McKenzie, who was actually pretty good, and he was holding yeah. out from training camp, long hair guy, to try. Yeah, and he was he was holding out from training camp to try to get a, a new contract from the Packers. And I was in Jacksonville covering a Packers preseason game, and word spread that he that um, Mike might have changed agents, and so I called the Rosenhaus, and it's actually Drew, or it wasn't, and I think it still is Drew and his brother. I think Jason run the firm. And I talked to, it might have been Jason, and I said, you know, explained I was from the Star Tribune, Judd Zolgat, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I've heard that, I've heard that Mike McKenzie might have left your uh, firm, you know, because it happens, right? Guys transfer firms or they fire an agent and move on. I keep, well, you just you were just trying to like figure out like find a record yeah. keeping. Like, and just well, and like if he left their firm, did he go somewhere? So then I'd like to find out because I, I was trying to cover his holdout. Long story short, um, the guy's like, no, he's not, blah, blah, blah. My phone rings, my cell phone rings um, 20 minutes after that, and I pick it up, Who? and the person goes, who's this? I'm like, who's this? You called me, yeah. It's Drew Rosenhaus, and and I hear you're sniffing around about, about uh, Mike McKenzie, and he did not li- leave our firm and never call us again. What? It's Whoa. like, you are a first-class jerk. But he left the firm? Did he leave no, the he didn't. But that was the rumor. But nonetheless, it wasn't like I was reporting it. Yeah. I was trying to find out just for my own knowledge because if he if that was true, and, and I had been told that I think by a competing agent. So I'm like, okay, if that's true, but I wasn't going to report it. It's not like I had put online something. But Rosenhaus, I hate the old who's this? Well, you called me a jack yeah. bleep, and then to be like, and never call again. I didn't report anything. Well, I mean, if someone were, if some rando were to call you and say. Hey, is this uh, is this Judd? Uh, yeah. Uh, did, did did your wife leave you? Did your wife leave you? I, I'd be like, do, do you know something? <laughs> do you know something I don't know? That is an odd way to respond to that. Um, so anyway, I've I have, right, no, Drew Rosenhaus. I have no time for Drew Rosenhaus. So Drew Rosenhaus, pretty much as as you would think that he is. Like you watch him on TV, it's like, yeah, that guy is. Is this the last big name Drew has? I have no idea. I haven't heard of Drew. I haven't heard much about Drew in years. It used to be everybody. It used to be T.L. You know, next question, next question. Well, I think he does, but he used to have a lot of high-profile clients who seem to make news. Jonathan, can you look up a list of Drew Rosenhaus clients before the end of the segment? Just, just like, I, I'd be curious too. Is he still the super agent? It, that, fe- it feels like we don't hear nearly as much from him and about him as we did ten years ago. Yeah. So I wouldn't call this an epiphany, but just in kind of thinking about this Vikings Raiders game, I've been. I've been still fixated, and if I was in an NFL locker room, this would not fly because you got to be on to the next, right? But all week long, I've just been like obsessed with well, you can't what happened it, against you can't Green Bay. Like what happened against Green Bay <laughs> should never happen. They gave that game to you in the second half, and Kirk Cousins completely melted down, and the offensive line was bad, and all these things. And it's Friday, and I've been obsessed with this in my mind for the whole week, and it finally dawned on me. To, actually, it dawned on me after listening to Alex Boone and Matthew Collar's first segment of Purple Daily yesterday. What if they lose to the Raiders? I feel like I feel like it, it, it's it hasn't been part of our reality in looking at the schedule and and even even like going into week one they beat the Falcons 
the whole time we've been looking at this schedule, when it came out back in April or whatever, back in April, May, and and even as recently as a few days ago, mm-hmm. It's always been, man, well, Falcons, it's not a gimme game at home against the Falcons. And then you got to go to Green Bay in week two. And then in week four, you got to go to Chicago. And you just like, right? You look at the schedule and it's, man, Atlanta to start. Yep. And then at Green Bay in week two. Yep. And then at Chicago in week four. And so if you can kind of get out of those. And the, the whole time we've been sitting here literally just like glossing over this Raiders game saying, well, I mean, you're not going to lose at home to the Raiders. But they lost at home to the Bills last night. I have pointed that out several times. You know what? Because score north. Multi-platforms, right? We do video. Mm-hmm. We do podcast. Mm-hmm. We do radio. We're all over the place. We are for Minnesota the, sports anytime, anywhere. For the first Seems time, like the, both of you were listening in the meeting this morning. But for the first time ever, I am going to right now hit the publish button at scorenorth.com for a companion piece to Phil Mackey's question just asked. Wait a second. Wait. So you are, I want you, you already I, have a column written. Up I want you I to go. Said. I want you to go to scorenorth.com and look at the top story now, just published. In fact, I'm going to tweet it out as well. And look at the headline, and that headline begins to answer your question. Hold on a second. Let me just find this here. Yeah, go ahead. Zolgad, colon, shaky ground, another colon. Oh, <laughs> double, the double, double hammer. The, the double, the double the hammer. Double hammer wow. Double hammer's it's Getting key. real serious. Could Vikings fans turn on Kirk Cousins? Mm-hmm. If they, now, number one, I'm completely, and I told Collar this, because Collar is, is predicting, what, Jonathan, 28-14 Vikings? Yeah, he thinks that he thinks they're going to be fine. For the record, I think they're going to win as well. I do too, but I'm completely with you. Week three of last year, I assume the same. I'm not. I'm predicting seventeen fourteen Vikings because I don't think it's going to be easy. Um, but let's let's go down your path because I think it's a very intriguing one. Because at no point in time, as disappointing as eight seven and one was last year, I don't think there was any point in time where I thought to myself, I think they're turning on Cousins. Like I know, I the yeah. Bears game was awful that last game, and people were mad at the team. But I didn't leave that stadium saying, "Oh, they turned on Kirk today." Well, he had built up too in the first half of the season with some of those three and four hundred yard games and three four touchdowns. He had, I feel like he had built up enough. Like his his equity cup was overflowing in the first five or six weeks. And, right? the, and the Buffalo game came off the great second half of the twenty nine twenty nine tie, which was Carlson's fault, the kicker's fault in Green Bay. So the Buffalo game, he fumbled. I think three times he lost two. Uh, he threw like 50 passes, but that was still, oh, Kirk Cousins saved you last week. So that that was fans being mad again at the team. So to go down the path that, that you're talking about is I feel very differently now going into what will be start 19 for Kirk as a Viking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel that coming off Green Bay, coming off the fact that in Kirk's mind, the new and improved uh, PR guy now blames himself. That fans are prepared to turn, and, and in fact, we ran during Vikings Ventline today a Twitter poll at our uh, at our uh, Twitter account Score North, and asked that question. And I think we gave four options, including first incompletion that like skips at a guy's feet, uh, first three and out. But I really do feel for the first time that if things don't go well on Sunday, especially early against a subpar team, but a team that's not awful, but a subpar team. That fans, that the boos that are going to cascade down from the 60,000 plus at U.S. Bank Stadium aren't going to be entirely for the team. They're going to be targeted at Cousins. Yeah. So I, so, so the answer to what you're asking me is I'll give you a one word potentially toxic. Well, let me take you. I think what you're doing is you are walking down the poor performance street and you have come to the intersection of Benjamin Franklin Boulevard. 
which is the intersection where Minnesota sports fans turn on athletes. That's the intersection of you're you're making a lot of money and you stink. Mm-hmm. Joe Mauer. Now I think Joe Mauer. There was a there was a long period of time where Joe Mauer was way better than a lot of fans thought he was because he got on base at a record clip. He was a catcher, all these things, and people really didn't give him credit for the things that he was great at. Uh, but when Joe Mauer started hitting two sixty, and the doubles turned to strikeouts and singles, and the home runs dropped off even more, and you're making twenty three million dollars. That's when the Boo Birds come out, right? And Kirk Cousins is in a very similar spot where he's making guaranteed money, $27-plus million a year, and he stunk against the Packers. This is the intersection where we start to turn on you in this town. Correct. It's uh, you, can, you, can, you can sort of see the intersection up on the ridge there. And again, if I if I had to put some Benjamin Franklin's down, if I had to make a bet on what's going to happen this weekend against the Raiders, gun to the head, I think the Vikings win. I think they win by double digits. And I think Kirk Cousins throws for like 300-plus yards. And boy, I'm already on the record. It's to write that down. I said 300 yards and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I think he bounces back. But, you know, I'm not betting I'm not betting my mortgage on that. He has he has not earned the right to to feel great about this game against the Raiders. If this was the Patriots or if this was the Packers or somebody with a great quarterback, I'd say guaranteed get right game. But this is just a, a creeping suspicion in well, the back of my mind that Buffalo happened last year at the same time. Where I guess I'll side with what you're saying a little bit too, as far as there being doubt here, is I've never seen Kirk Cousins as flustered as a Viking as I saw him on Sunday in Green Bay. He was legitimately flustered. And I, so my question is, there was no, I sensed no defiance there. And from a guy like that, I like defiance. You know, bleep it. I'll come back and beat you. I'll show you. I didn't sense that. I sensed the guy who really started to question because he knows he knows his, his the interior of his line is not good. He knows that he's been given all of these components as far as skill position guys and Dalvin Cook and Kubiak runs his offense. And so the fact that he was flustered now makes me really curious. And he might even win this game, but I'm curious, too, if things don't go well immediately. That's the thing is. They could win by my predicted score. They could win by three, and that doesn't preclude fans from, in the first half, starting to boo. And how does he process that? I don't know that, I don't know how well he can handle that. Now, he's come back before the, the, uh, you you like that comment, and all that was born of what he perceived to be doubt about him. But if that play starts to, starts to boo, and he makes a bad pass, and it's not even his fault, let's say there's huge pressure. How does he rebound from that? I am super curious to see. I don't know. Yeah, he is uh, every step of the way throughout his career. All the signs point to as the as the pressure and the temperature rises, Kirk wilts. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. Speaking of Tom Brady, Drew, Tom Brady in a game against the Saints. I remember it was a few years ago. I have to go find the the log on this, but like no timeouts, thirty five seconds. And uh, the Saints complete this comeback, and they score a touchdown. And Tom Brady is huffing and puffing up and down the sideline. Bleep this. We are still winning this game. We are still winning this game. Walks out onto the field. No timeouts. Marches down. Two, three passes. Bang, bang. And thumping his chest. Now, I get it. I'm using the greatest quarterback of all time as a comparison here, and that's not fair to Kirk Cousins. But there's a lot of other guys, too, that... That, that aren't winless on Monday nights, that 
when when a game is handed to them on a silver platter, find a way, even when the offensive line is melting down, to not throw that interception to the back corner of the end zone. We've been waiting, and Washington fans were waiting for three years, we've been waiting for him to tell a different story about his career. And all we have to go off of is what's in front of us. And to this point, the story is the same as it has been for the last four years with him. And just across all sports, athletes, some of them are incredibly defiant. And I'm not even talking great ones. I'm talking just good ones can be defiant. And Kirk seems Kirk seems rattled. And I don't like that. That's a bad that's a bad place to be. And you know, I'll, I'll go back to what we talked about. It was probably on uh Wednesday show. When Mike Zimmer, when of all people is treating you with kid gloves, something's gone wrong. Like Mike, that's not Mike. Mike doesn't for the most part care. And when he knows enough to be like, I can't do this to him. It might be a smart play on Mike's part. I'm not debating that. But think about think about him having to consciously be like, I got to treat my quarterback with kid gloves. And that's your quarterback. That's a guy that the team entirely looks to as far as, do we got this? Yeah. Do we got this? And if Kirk's like, I hope so. But it's week three, Phil. I think that this is the most important game of the season, though. Because think about this. If you lose to Oakland, if they come here and upset you on Sunday... You're then going to Chicago where you do not play well. And I know that the Chicago offense and Trubisky aren't good, but that defense is really, really good. And Kirk Cousins is going to get flustered there. And if fans turn on Kirk on Sunday, that that's another thing to add. I really believe that this game is of critical importance because if you lose this game and you lose in Chicago, and then, to your point, the fan base has turned on Kirk completely, you're now down the road of having turned on Kirk. That gets to an ugly place really quickly. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's funny. The NFL is a funny thing, man. When when it, it, losing at Green Bay is not on paper a crime at all, but the way in which you lost, and now the way it sets up this extra pressure for Oakland, and you're wondering can Kirk bounce back? Um, also, I would point to the back to back road games at Chicago. If you win this game, you're you're at least have some breathing room here. But if you lose the game. And now you're one and two, and it's back to back road games at Chicago. And I know, but at New York is another game where it's, ah, oh, the Giants are a dumpster fire. It's a road game. And they still have Saquon Barkley. And it's possible that by changing up at quarterback, that there's a little bit of life in this team and they'd stop putting so much on the quarterback and they go about it. I'm just saying, like, I'm with you. This is a huge game this weekend. It's funny to say in week three. And it's so easy for months. It's been so easy to look at the schedule and say, Home against the Falcons, yeah, a tough game. It's not a gimme. Probably going to win that at Green Bay in Week Two, and then at Chicago in Week Four. And it's like, wait, who did they play in Week Three? Oh, it's just Oakland at home. Like yep. you're going to win that game. Yeah, it's just Oakland at home. But we shall see. And by the way, Vikings Ventline right after that game is online video stream only this weekend. Minnesota United FC on the radio airwaves. But if you're looking for Vikings Ventline right after that game against Oakland, you can find this streaming live on Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook, all at Score North nice. Judd Zogan. And uh, you guys are off to a great start with the first two weeks of, of Monday through Friday, Vikings Ventline 2. And I didn't hear it today, but I'm told it wasn't like a Chansey and Fargo-level meltdown, but someone called into Ventline today and expressed themselves. He was very good. Yeah, I, and I, <laughs> I said it was the perfect Ventline call that proves that you don't have to vent on Sunday. Because he called up and he started in on things and started to subtly sort of melt down. And I said, this is perfect. You can vent Monday through Friday as well. And it's absolutely fine. And you know what? Vikings fans, God bless you. You got a lot to vent about.
potentially more on Sunday. We'll yeah. see. But yeah, it, it's weird if they if a year ago we sat here and we and we said, well, Carlson cost them the game in Green Bay and it was 29-29, but you know they're playing Buffalo. It'll be uh, they're going to kill. Buffalo. I remember saying they're going to kill Buffalo. They're going to absolutely annihilate Buffalo. And, and I believe that Buffalo had lost its first two games. Yeah. And Buffalo had a good defense. Oh, rookie quarterback, though, it's going to be no problem. That's exactly why I'm not going to say the same thing about the <laughs> Oakland game. Yeah. Uh, real quick, before we take a break, and we we got to talk about the Twins and Kyle Gibson. I, I feel bad a little bit for Kyle Gibson. Some people were wondering last night, well, why would you run him out there if he's not 100%? Well, they only have like two starters right now, but we'll get to that. Gardner Minshew last night continues the legend. So he goes 20 of 30. For two touchdowns, the Jaguars beat the the, the the Tennessee Titans. Classic, another Jaguars-Titans game on Thursday Night Football. It's become an annual tradition. So Gardner Minshew, in his first three games as an NFL starter, is now 74% completions, a 110.6 quarterback rating, and a 5-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Just like we all predicted. And you know who his guiding hand is? Is John Filippo. Don't you find that kind of interesting that we, we John D. Filippo came in here last year and like oh quarterback whisper. I have only arse, one question: right? Is he running the football? <laughs> Is he running it enough? Because if he's not, he's no good. But what if so? John D. Filippo got all this credit with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles in Philadelphia. He came here, and the narrative on him, at least here, is what a fraud that guy was. Man, like once you run the ball once in a while, and oh boy, Kirk Cousins really took a nosedive in the second half of the season. Okay, if if Gardner Minshew. <laughs> continues playing, maybe not fully like this, but if Gardner Minshew becomes a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL out of nowhere and John Filippo is the, the whisperer. That's what, Col- that's what Collar said. What, what if John Filippo was right? <laughs> to answer your question, Judd, they've passed it 96 times and run, ran it 57 times. Not nearly enough. That's no good. He's no good. He's never been more any good. He's not, he's not any good. He's not any good. Here, here's my problem, though. Can we please, and I just... Please, 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 as a football fan, can we eliminate at the start of every year rules, points of emphasis? Yeah. Can we please? I here. I accept the fact that good players no longer play in exhibition games because I don't want them hurt. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So I accept the fact that they're going to be rusty. Therefore, I accept the fact that really the first month of the season in September is sort of preseason-esque at times. I'm okay. Don't like it. Can't fix it. But to double it down with points of emphasis then and calling every hold possible or back-end holds or whatever the hell they're doing, can we just eliminate this idea? Because all they're going to do in October is say, it's too many rules, just stop. So can we just say, all right, if you clearly hold a guy, as always, we'll call it. But between the two things of the games not being great because the teams are sort of still in preparation mode, and then officials throwing every flag they can. Yeah, I like football. You're making it really hard for me to watch. What was what? What have been some of the other in in recent seasons? What have some of the, the other quarterback rule last year? You can't land it. Which, by the That's way, they they one. eliminated. Like you, they elim by November. The 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 pick the cousins threw when Clay Matthews landed on him in Green Bay in Week Two last year. Which, by the way, cost the Packers a win in that game. That call by week eight was gone. Clay Matthews had two or three just absolute yes. textbook sacks of quarterbacks. Where there's literally like, this is how you would draw it up to safely sack a quarterback, yes. not ring his bell, and got flagged. I think the year before that, it was illegal contact. They were emphasizing illegal contact, or maybe that was like five years ago. But that sounds right at one point. But can we just stop with that? 
It was. Can we just call the normal? Can we? And you're already watching you're a damn. It it's yes. a damn Jaguars Titans well, game. Like I don't need 75 do, penalties to go along with Jaguars Titans. Come on, does, it already feels like a long enough experience. Don't make it longer. Does anybody? Does anybody on this show actually buy? Because Brady tweeted last night, "Too many penalties, I'm out," and, and it got a ton of play. Does anybody believe that Tom Brady was sitting there riveted to Jag Titans? I actually do. I think Tom really? Brady loves football. <laughs> I actually do think he was sitting Wow. you got to get a life then. What time did he tweet that? Because it depends. if it's First half. Okay, first half. No, it, it was legit during the game. I was amazed he was watching the game. Actually, this is good segue. This is why it's so great to have relevant September and October Twins baseball. Yeah. Because there's there's been a lot of Thursday nights the last 10 years where, oh, I guess the Twins are like 30 games below 500 <laughs> and they're playing the Royals again. I'm gonna all watch football or whatever this whatever this like thing that's representing football is. But now it's like we just watch the twins. I don't have to watch the I don't have to watch the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills or whoever else they're putting on Thursday night. Kyle Gibson. This might have been the end of his twins career that we saw last night. So let's uh let's put his if if this was indeed it, let's put a former top fifteen overall pick for the twins. Let's let's put it into perspective. Also write that down. Coming up in about 35 minutes here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami, where we make predictions and mostly mostly go over our terrible incorrect predictions in the accountability session. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here to provide insurance. Not insurance for your football team or for your terrible predictions, although we could use some insurance for some of those things too. But insurance for you business owners out there. If you are grinding out on the daily as a business owner, You probably love it one day, maybe one minute, and you hate it the next because there's so many ups and downs. And it really helps not only to have an insurance company that gives you a face-to-face relationship, more than just a policy. It helps to have an insurance company like Federated with over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. That's right. I said over a century of experience because Federated's roots go back to the early 1900s in Owatonna, Minnesota, a Minnesota-based company. And that's where they still uh, they still are today. In fact, they should just rename Owatonna to Federated. Uh, Federated is uh, doing a great job down there helping business owners. And you can find out more about all of the industries Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com. Federated, it's our business to protect yours. He's already thrown 45 pitches. The runners go, and Mondesi takes ball four. And the Royals force in another run as Valoria comes down from third, and the target field crowd goes from encouraging Kyle Gibson to booing that bases loaded walk. And he takes ball four. That's three straight walks. The last two have come with the bases loaded, and boy, the crowd is just raining boos onto the field. I don't know if that's for Manny Gonzalez or Kyle Gibson or both, but the Royals lead 3 nothing in the second. Yikes. Yeah, Kyle Gibson whose listed weight is 215 pounds, but he is, it's, he's had major health issues all year. I don't know. I, I, I feel bad because like he's going out there and he's clearly not a hundred percent. He's had this, is it colitis? Yes. He said colitis all year. And yes. It's just been a, a bad deal. And this goes back to the, to the spring training period. It goes back just, to the winter, right? He, he went over on a mission somewhere, I think with his wife and, uh, yeah. And had an intestinal issue that he came back with, and then had yeah it, yeah it, it's been he has not been healthy all baseball season long. 
But if this is indeed the end of his twins career, he's a free agent at the end of the year. He's going to be 32 years old in October, so he's he's actually getting up there in terms of pitching age. Yeah. There's a lot of other there's a couple other free agents, you know, Odorizzi and Pineda, that are younger than he is that you might consider resigning before him. So if this is the end of Kyle Gibson's twins career, I just want to go around the room and we can elaborate. How would you fill in the blank? We'll start with Jonathan because Rami's out today. Um, Kyle Gibson's twins career was blank. Disappointing. He's brought in high first round pick to kind of change the way this team pitched to teams. It was the pitch to contact error for the Twins. He's brought in to change that, and for some reason they changed him right away. Into they tried to change him into a pitch to contact pitcher, and I don't know. It was just disappointing to see how it's ended, and he hasn't really handled pressure that well as we saw last night with those with the highlight you just played there. Disappointing for me. This is actually a word I didn't know, but I'm very happy to see it is. <laughs> Kyle Gibson's career is meh. <laughs> M-E-H. Expressing, is, that, is that officially I, in the I dictionary it, now? I looked it up. Meh, I googled meh. meh. Expressing a lack of interest or enthusiasm. That's Kyle Gibson. But but as I said yeah. on the twin show today, Phil, Kyle Gibson, who I believe was a first-round pick in 2013, is that what you just said? Mm-hmm. Um, to me, is the poster child for Twins baseball, let's say, about 2011 to 2018. Yeah. He is the poster child. Really good guy. Means well. Didn't mean not to be as good as we expected. He wasn't. And if you if you were to take Kyle Gibson's sort of career arc and been like, and then put the Twins record in the time that he was with the team beside it, you'd be like, okay, yeah. If I could choose two people, it might be, uh, might be Dozier and Gibson. Yeah, he was because they both weren't. They're not bad. There's also a lot of other guys like I mean, Trevor Plouffe was kind of part of that era yeah. too. There's, um, I don't know. There's probably a handful of guys. So I, I would fill in the blank, and you might think I'm crazy for saying this, but Kyle Gibson's twins career was unlucky. And let me give you two reasons why. Mm-hmm. In 2018, when you had new front office fully implementing their new tactics, right? He had had a full year to sort of uh, dive into the new strategies. He was 30 years old when he finally had a modern, forward-thinking, pitching-centric front office and and system of tools behind the scenes. Analytics, scouts, coaches, everything catered toward, let's be a modern pitching machine organization. He was 30 years old when that got implemented. And that was his best season as a major leaguer, 2018, last year. He had a 3.62 earned run average, his best ERA of any of his uh, seven full seasons in the majors. And his strikeout rate went from like five or six strikeouts per nine to almost a strikeout per inning. It went from like five or six strikeouts to Mm 8.2. So he all of a sudden became, when he was given the right tools as a 30-year-old, I mean, he got drafted when he was 21. Imagine he was given the tools needed when he was 21 years old to say, dude, you're not, this." like Jonathan said, this pitch to contact stuff, that's a thing of the past. We're going for strikeouts and velocity. And you're probably going to have to have like five Tommy John surgeries, but damn it, you're going to strike guys out. It's going to be great. He was given those tools when he was 30 instead of when he was 21. And then he has his career best season. Finally, here he is. This is the Kyle Gibson that that should have been all along. And finally, here he is. And he comes down with E. coli in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And he's been sick and losing weight all year. And his numbers have reflected it. So I would actually say that his... The fill-in-the-blank is unlucky. Their contracts aren't the same, but can I draw some parallels um, in, in the mentality-wise? Because I think they're both nice guys, and I think they both have athletic gifts. Uh, some parallels between Kirk Cousins and Kyle Gibson. 
supremely physically talented at their position. Maybe not mentally as wired as you would like to handle bumps in the road. Yeah, Kyle, I I just go through how many times that Kyle would get frustrated and and he would you know almost have, start to pout on the mound. And you're like, dude, this is not the time to do that. This is not what your team needs to see. Um, both, I think, off the field are really probably de- really decent people. But on it, there's just it's not that the it's not that the physical abilities aren't there. It's the mental wiring might not entirely be. Yeah, there. I think there's. I don't know how this applies to Kirk necessarily, but if you haven't been given the right tools from a, a young point in your career, when you start to face adversity, instead of having a sort of a calm handle on things, right? Instead of just having a calm, some of this is just like your own internal wiring too, but. Instead of having kind of a calmness about you, all right, things are going wrong, but dang it, I'm going to go back to the basics. I know what I need to do, right? I mean, you can think about that. Anyone who's listening in their job, right? Man, things are chaotic, but okay, what, what, what am I, what do, what, like, what's my core skill set? What do I need to do? And I don't know if Twins pitchers had that for like 10 years. Like, name me a Twins pitcher that overperformed for a long period of time or lived up to what they should have, a starting pitcher between Johan Santana. And when the new front office took over, and Kyle Gibson was the highest profile pick of all those, you covered a bunch of those teams. I I don't know Santana for sure, Liriano you hoped did, but I, I don't know if you would call that a long period of time. And then he got hurt, and then after that, starting around 2010 into 11, internally developed too. Like Pavano had that. I loved Pavano's wiring. Yeah. He was not the most talented guy, but I loved the fact that you you knew with Carl Pavano what you were going to yeah. get. And you know what? Another guy actually because they developed, yeah. Another guy who lived up to it as a reliever, but you know, but was and he'll even say it was a failed starter was Glenn Perkins. But you know what? The difference between Glenn Perkins' career and some of the other guys is Glenn basically took his career into his own hands in 2010-11. Said, all right, well, all right, I'm a bullpen guy now, and I'm out of options, and I don't have anything on my track record really to speak of. Like they've they've given me all the tutelage that they can. I've been a major league pitcher, and I'm just not performing, what do I need to do to become a lights-out reliever? And so he started studying his own measurables, like spin rate and velocity. He basically, he Glenn started doing things in 2010-11 on his own that now organizations and the Twins for the last two or three years, and some organizations for 10 years, are like, that. that's, that's the norm now. But unless you have that type of awareness, uh, you know, if you're a Kyle Gibson and you're younger, and you're just listening to coaches, and you're just part of a system, right? Um, so I, I, I don't know. It's like not to take all the ownership off of him for some of these bad years, because you know you're you're a professional, and 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 ultimately your performance is on you. But the word unlucky comes to mind when I think about Kyle Gibson's career. He's done here now, right? I've said he I, I has, he, has, he to has to be done, and you can't. He cannot be on the ALDS roster. There's no way you can't justify it. You can't. Yeah, because he's not going to come. He's not going to start. He certainly, if, if you're choosing options to come out of the bullpen, he's not going to be one. Who? What is your, if it's 12 pitchers, let's say, I might even think about it. If I'm going to bullpen a game or two, because you set, you, you set your rosters for the series. So you got to make a decision Correct. between, I, I would probably start with pitching. Like Barrios and Odorizzi are the two real starting pitchers that I, I'm going to ride. I feel like my option for the Gibson choice is between Gibson and Perez, and it's not close, it's Perez. So you get, let's go through this real quick. You get sure. 10 guys who aren't Barrios and Odorizzi. Perez is one of mine. Okay, you're going Perez. Well, let's go through the obvious ones here. Rogers. Yep, Romo. May. Romo. Duffy. Duffy's been insane. 
Littell. Okay. It's been very good. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, if you're including uh, Perez. I'm probably, I, I want another lefty, for sure, either Thorpe or Smelter. Smelter, I, I'd probably I'm, go Smelter. I'm fine with. I'm going Smelter, and then, so that's, that's one, Dobnak. Okay. Dobnak's got to be in there, right? Just for the rec specs alone, that guy's got to be in the oh, playoffs. I need the, that guy in Yankee Stadium with those glasses. Just the body type, too. For sure. Give me that body you type. You need every a guy time. like that. Yeah. Don't, don't get me skinny. You need a guy like that. Beer gut hanging out. Yep. Very yeah. proud of himself. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's eight. And now I think you're looking at Bruce Dark Gratterall. Who, yeah, yes. Put him in because that's an option. So it kind of comes down to Gratterall. Yep. The, the, uh, the last spot now comes down to Kyle Gibson. Yep. Lewis Thorpe. Yep. And like. And that's pretty much it, right? And like Ryan Harper. It's pretty much those guys. So like, he could still wind up on the postseason roster just because there's a, you know, there's just not that many guys who can give you three innings, and he's one of those guys. What, what's he going to give you coming out of the bullpen? Because I'm not starting him. No, nothing. That's the but thing. You like, have to but, start a game. But so I guess my point is that this might sound nuts. I'd probably skew towards Thorpe then. Because bullpen-wise, I, I at least have an idea of what I'm getting then. Yeah. And I'm not going to start Kyle. I'm, there is no way after what, what we've seen, and it's too bad because he's not healthy. There's no way that you're going to start Kyle Gibson. I, I also think, I'm, I'm thinking very situationally here too, Thorpe is more likely to get you a swing and a miss than Kyle Gibson is. Mm-hmm. And Thorpe, you could at least use situationally against a lefty or turn a guy around or something. And he's got the so. accent. The Australian accent's fantastic. Exactly. That's I the love most important the Aussie thing. accent. That's the most important thing. Our buddy uh, Jason Fitz scheduled to join us from ESPN Radio when we come back. We'll go around the big football news today and also some underrated football news. The, the, the experience at U.S. Bank Stadium will just not be the same based on the edict that came down this week. And uh, at the top of the hour, it's write that down and an accountability session. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Time for the Score North download. Jonathan here with the download that's Powered by Modest Brewing Company. If you missed it last night, Twins hit four more home runs, including this pair by Nelson Cruz. Blasted to right field. It's back. Tiger! Number 38 for Nelson Cruz. And he now has 100 runs batted in. High deep to center field. Cruz sending Mejia to the wall. It's gone. His second tonight, the 399th of his big league career. The 399th of his career, number 293 for the Twins on the season as they inch towards the playoffs. An inch towards home run number 300 if they can hit another team inching towards the playoffs. You can join Dan Terra, Kendra D. St. Ahmed, Jamie Watson, and myself this Sunday afternoon as Minnesota United travels out west to take on the Portland Timbers with pregame at 2.30 and kickoff at 3 right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. If you're going to a Twins game, check out Modest Brewing Company, located only two blocks from the Target Field Station. Modest is known for serving a wide variety of -of one-of-a-kind, super drinkable craft beers. For a full menu of their craft beers, go to modestbrewingcompany.com. Thank you, Jonathan. All right, let's get our buddy in here, Jason Fitz from ESPN. And we need to ask you a very important question. As a Tennessee guy, why is it that the Tennessee Titans have ruined pyrotechnics in NFL stadiums for all of us? Did you see the NFL edict that came out? Now now the Vikings can't even use their dragon-breathing uh, pyrotechnics 
because you guys lit the field on fire in Tennessee this last weekend. Well, let's just be honest. I mean, first of all, the Titans have been trying to ruin modern football for a long time with their <laughs> offense. So, you know, this is about the best they can do. And, gentlemen, I'm glad we started on that note because, remember, even though I lived in uh, Nashville for 20 years, I'm a lifelong diehard Raiders fan. So we're actually mortal enemies this week. Like, this is yeah, this, is... this is the week, you know, that, that, that we don't get along. And, and it hurts me to say this, but, you know, I'm rooting against you on Sunday. Just so you know, I'm rooting against you. So tell us why your Raiders club is going to come into U.S. Bank Stadium and beat the Vikings on Sunday. Well, they're not. Uh, no, I, I'll say this. Uh, a couple <laughs> well, you of just gave up that quick? Come on, Vince. Well, I mean, Stand up for yourself. I'm a Raiders fan. I mean, all life. You're playing like, oh, Kirk Cousins, man. It's not that tough. <laughs> well, the, the reality for the Raiders is, I said this year, they're going to be a better football team, and they're going to be more competitive than people are used to. They're just not going to get a ton of wins because the schedule is brutal. And, you know, what it comes down to is that there are some positives, some big positives for the Raiders in the first few weeks. Josh Jacobs is a star. He's going to be a star running back. They get Richie Incognito back on the offensive line, but the offensive line, frankly, without him, was playing really well. So the offensive line is going to be very good. They have been able to protect Derek Carr. He was sacked a couple of times in the Kansas City game late. That was after Trent Brown, their star right tackle, went out with an injury. So presuming Trent Brown can play, you're not going to have a good uh, and easy time getting after Derek Carr. Derek Carr is going to stay clean. Josh Jacobs is going to be good. The problem with this team still is they don't have a lot of depth on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, Kirk Cousins should be able to pick this secondary apart, especially, uh, you know, the, the Jonathan Abrams injury. They lost Jonathan Abrams in week one, the safety rookie. I know it was only one game, but he looks like he's going to be the real deal. So without him, their secondary is suspect, and they don't have a great pass rush. So Kirk Cousins should have time. He should be able to have a big day. Those wide receivers are going to feast on that secondary. I think it's going to be a big a big scoring affair, but I think Minnesota's a better team. See, we're having a really hard time just getting the second half of the Green Bay game out of our minds because the whole offseason, you know, Kirk, Kirk was Kirk last year, and he put up the fantasy numbers, but he couldn't win against big teams and primetime games. And we went through and did the math even before that Green Bay game and said, all right, in the Vikings' last 10 big games, national TV or Green Bay, they were like, Two seven and one or something in those in those ten games, and and Kirk was the starting quarterback for nine of them, and he does that against Green Bay. So I guess we're sitting here just sort of in crippling fear that there's going to be a, a letdown, and the Vikings are going to be one and two, and then have to play at Chicago. So that's 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 the fragile state of our mentality here this week. And it's not wrong, you know what you're saying about Kirk Cousins isn't wrong. Uh, and, and the inability to win those sorts of games. I think the, the problem for the Raiders is they just don't have a great secondary and the, their linebackers are pretty weak. So, you know, in theory, the receivers are going to have all day to run around and he's not going to be pressured. So if Kirk doesn't play well here, then I do think that there's an opportunity then to raise sort of a, a flag of concern because it's one thing to not play well against big opponents or great opponents, but you should be able to feast on a secondary where, frankly, Gary on Conley is really the top corner and he's dealing with a neck issue. So, you know, it's just, it's not a great secondary. He should be able to have some, uh, some success. Hey, back to the Titans fits for a second. Can you answer me this? Who at the National Football League every year when they're doing the schedule sits down and says, Thursday night matchup, what can we do? And they answer, I got an idea. Titans, Jaguars. Every uh-huh. year. Why can't this just be a noon kickoff and it's yeah. barely shown on Red Zone? Well, who is the sadistic SOB <laughs> who makes people watch Titans, Jaguars in a standalone window? 
Somebody that likes teal too much and just wants to see what awful version of teal we're going to get from the Jags. That's the only thing I can figure. But realistically, I'll tell you what they should do. If they're going to force that because they, you know, they want to force everybody to get a national TV game, if they're going to force that game onto us, here's my suggestion. Open the season with it. Because here's the thing. We're so thirsty for football on the first Thursday, we'll watch the worst matchup of the year. So give me just the hot garbage matchup and then mock me for watching it. That's about the only way. You get three weeks into the season, man. There's a lot. I'd rather watch it. There's compelling baseball going on right now. And that would make for better television than the trash that we get every year between uh, the, the Jags and the Titans. It's awesome. It's the Titans and the Jaguars, a steaming pile of dung, but you're going to watch anyway. Coming up next, more nondescript quarterback play from people who have done nothing but disappoint everyone in their lives. But Gardner Minshew, Uncle Rico, uh, come to life. Gardner Minshew has become uh, a revelation here. I think I think we've got something on our hands, Jason Fitz. It's one of the most surprising. It is the most surprising story. I'll say that. 74% completion percentage after his first three games. That's the best ever for any starter after three games. So that's already uh, something we didn't expect. And remember, I, we played the audio this morning on Golik and Window where he talks about, hey, it's confidence and belief in yourself. This is somebody that believed in himself so little at one point as a quarterback that he was going to be the backup in Alabama because they guaranteed him a grad coaching position, and he wanted to coach. He didn't think he had a playing career. And then at the last second, Mike Leach came in and said, nope, you can set records. And so he goes to play for Mike Leach in Washington State and just lights it up. And I don't know what Mike Leach did to his psyche, but he comes back just sort of a, a changed person from all of this. And you're right. I actually, as weird as the sun's, I feel bad for Nick Foles, who finally found his team. And by the time Nick Foles gets healthy, if this keeps going on, Gardner Minshew is not only good, he's a sensation. They're not going to bench him, so I feel bad for Foles. You know as well as I, I do that the good Lord continues to tell Nick Foles, stay in Philadelphia, and he never listens. He never listens. <laughs> Think about it. Every time Nick Foles, if Nick Foles stays in Philly throughout his career, things have gone well, right? The, his starting quarterback gets hurt. If, if he's not the starter, he becomes the starter. Nick Foles now twice has been like, ah, you know what? I'm going somewhere else. And how many times has it worked out for Nick Foles? Zero times. He should stay in Philadelphia. That's where he's meant to be. Carson Wentz would have got hurt nine weeks in and he would have stepped in and played great. You're not wrong about all that. I'm going to laugh when Nick Foles gets traded back to Philadelphia late <laughs> in the season just to prep him for the run. I mean, exactly. you know, it's, it's, it's alarming, but you're, you're not wrong. And, and I, look, it's good for the league. They keep telling everybody 18 quarterbacks are going to be starting this week that are 26 years or younger. Oh. I think that's great for the league because we love the production of these young guys right yes, now. Yes. Uh, you had a chance to interview one of my favorite icons of all time as a big wrestling guy. What was it like chatting with Ric Flair? Uh, amazing. You know, you, you meet some people and you, you're worried because I grew up a big fan of 80s wrestling. Come on, I'm 42 years old. I, I grew up in that era. And, uh, you know, the opportunity to stand there and talk to him. Uh, I spent probably an hour and a half with him today. And he's a remarkably humble, kind person that gets it. But it was also crazy because right after we shot, Quavo from Migos comes running up to him. And all the players from Georgia come running up to him. And it's amazing to see somebody that's been around this long that is actually touching a young hip-hop generation you know that, that nobody could have predicted. So he uh, he gave me some advice on the woo. Uh, you can check that out uh, tomorrow morning, Countdown to Game Day, 8.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern on the ESPN app, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, me, Maria, and David Pollock. Uh, but he'll be on with us live as well. I'm still trying to see if he's going to let me wear the rope. I'm trying. Wow. I need, yeah, I, the, the, the robe is you a mystery You will be Mackey's like, hero 
If you get to wear it. One time for Halloween, I grew my hair out for six months so I could slick it back and dye it white, and I made my own robe from Target. So if you have any if you have, if you have any advice for me in life, I would love it. I didn't think I could love you guys anymore after the state fair, and I was wrong. I was wrong. I've just fallen more in love with you in that very moment. We actually, so Minnesota is a, is a hotbed for just old-time wrestlers. Uh, Minnesota is where the AWA was rooted with, with Vern Gagne, and, so, and, and Ric Flair was early on an AWA guy. And so when that's 30 uh, for, uh, go ahead. Well, I grew up in Vegas as a little kid, which was also an AWA hotbed. And if you watch some of those classics, they used to, they used to show them on ESPN Classics from the Showboat Casino in Vegas. Yeah. You can see me and my dad in the third row at all those <laughs> matches from the uh, mid-80s at the AWA. You are speaking my language. We're just starting a podcast right now. It just happened. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm in. And, by the way, I'm in. And uh, two guys who, who will call in and tell stories sometimes. And when the Ric Flair 30 for 30 came out, we had both of them. Uh, Greg Gagne uh, and uh, Jumpin' Jim Brunzel, our friends of the show, and have told legendary Ric Flair stories here about because we like, all we wanted to know was okay these stories about how Rick will go in and like spend ten thousand dollars on strangers buying them shots at a bar is that true and they're like yes every night that guy was drinking <laughs> till three o'clock in the morning and driving on and the he's next still stop. alive which is a miracle he's almost died like six times in the last five years I feel like but. Here we are. He's he's wrestling's equivalent of Guns N' Roses. We have no idea how they managed to stay alive, but boy, are we happy they did. <laughs> exactly right. Yep. Uh, hey, tell our audience where they can so they can find you. Obviously, early in the morning before Golik and Wingo, but also you're part of Golik and Wingo. Um, where can they find you? Co- the college football show. Give our audience uh, a glimpse. Yeah, that's countdown to game day. It's eight thirty a.m. Eastern on the uh, ESPN app, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook, anywhere you get ESPN socially, digitally. We live stream the show there. It's thirty minutes long. It's me, Maria Taylor, and David Pollock. We're at the site of game day every week. Uh, Rick Flair is going to be with us this week, but different guests pop in every week. I know. Uh, I, I think Desmond Howard's going to pop in on with us next week too. And uh, we have a lot of fun, but we also give you some really good breakdowns on what you need to know for the day going into college football and. Uh, we have a blast doing it, so check it out. We've, we're really we're humbled and, and excited. About 1.5 million people a week so far have been hanging out with us digitally to, to get ready for game day. Huge. That's Jason Fitz. You can also follow him on Twitter, too, just at Jason Fitz, F-I-T-Z. We'll catch up next week, man. See ya. I'll, I'll root for you guys a week from Sunday, but not this Sunday. All right. That's Sounds okay. Good. That's okay. We understand. <laughs> All right. See you, buddy. Have a great weekend. Uh, Jason Fitz. He's I, the the more layers we peel back, I feel like Jason and I have a lot of similarities. Well, the wrestling, wrestling thing was uncanny. Yeah. Although I, I saw you tweet this last night, and I'm with you a thousand percent. The Ric Flair woo at Target Field just arbitrarily has jumped the shark. I agree, and I think listen, I would sit here. You know me, like I want fun at baseball, and I love Ric Flair, and so you think these things would intersect. I can't even have the volume has to be muted for me when that comes on. Yeah, it's it's, it's annoying. It's annoying. It's not. It's not trying to be a buzzkill. It's just annoying. Yeah, like I'm, I've been. I've been trying to think about this because <clears throat> is it? Are we just being a buzzkill? But no, it's it's annoying. Provis said the same thing on the air last night, and I'm with him. He's like, it's just you. Just can stop now. Poor you Latroy. Know, Latroy didn't know what it was, and, oh. and Bramer goes. Bramer was just like Latroy brought it up and goes. So like, what is that noise that they're making? And Bramer goes. Bramer was so done with it. Bramer goes. It's a wrestler. I don't remember who. Like, just do total disdain. Really? And a producer got in their ear and said, it's Ric Flair. Like, it, it's Ric Flair. Yeah. And then and Linda Troy was like, oh, okay, yeah. All right. And then they moved on. Yeah, it's just <laughs> weird. 
So, all right, you guys ready for a little little write that down session when we come back? That here? depends on how the results of the past week went. Well, you've been doing pretty well lately. Your batting average has been climbing. I'm tracking pretty well. Yeah, the listeners have been leading for most of the summer so far. I'm spraying the ball all over the place. Let's just say that all no three of assistant today. Is Manny here? Yeah, Manny's here. Okay. We got no does attempt Mur- to make it sound does like Does James Manny. Murphy want to make some predictions, too? Swing for, swing for some fences? I don't know. Based off his NFL bet last night, I don't think we should allow him on. Actually, let's... Uh, <laughs> Rami's out. So, Murph, you got you got a commercial break to come up with some predictions here. You're joining the segment <laughs> when we come back. It's right that down. He's moved. You can tell. <laughs> Uh, Luther Brookdale Toyota, if you are, you know, I know there's a lot of people that were jumping off the Bumba bus because, because you thought that, uh, the wheels were coming off, but I think the twins have at least got us back on the right track. But if your Bumba bus or whatever vehicle you drive, if the wheels actually do come off, there's no better service department in the Twin Cities than the one on the corner of 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. That would be Luther Brookdale Toyota, a place my family and I have been going for 30 plus years. And a place that has bailed me out of a few different jams in my driver's life. I remember one time we had one of our, in college, this is, this is probably like 2006, 2007, and a street got flooded and the car that was parked behind me, my roommate's car, was totaled because he didn't know what to do. Well, I called Luther Brookdale Toyota. They sent a tow truck out. They towed it. I'm, you know, that's VIP experience that you're going to get uh, with a place that treats you like family. Go build that relationship that we have built for a long time, and you'll get the same experience. I guarantee it. 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, Luther Brookdale, Toyota. What are you about to do to me? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. We, a little false start there. Computer crapped out on us after I was talking about my favorite car dealership. And so when you left the room, I tap danced for a while and we played the intro. But here we are. We are radio and media professionals on Score North. And uh, this is our favorite segment of the week or least favorite segment of the week, depending on how cripplingly bad your predictions were. It's write that down. Don't know what you're talking about there. Yeah, you will in a second. <laughs> It's write that down and an accountability session. We are the only show in the country that keeps track of. We are freezing cold takes before freezing cold takes. We keep track of our predictions and keep track of our batting averages throughout the year. And we are freezing each other accountable. And we are freezing cold at times. (laughs) Most of the time. Yes. That is accurate. Sub zero temperatures. Exactly. So Rami is out today, and so uh, if if I can't see Murph, but is Murph going to step in and take some swings? Are you ready to rock, James yeah, Murphy? Yeah, I can do that. A short notice, I can always come through. Why don't you just predict the next three Gopher football games? I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you can find Murph riding the Gopher roller coaster on the Scornorth Gopher Show, available on scornorth.com and anywhere you find podcasts. But, um, gentlemen, here is the damage from the week. Let's start with, I guess we'll self-report here to start with. I predicted Kirk Cousins would throw for over 300 yards against the Green Bay Packers this week. Mm. Forgot about that one. Also said Jose Barrios would eclipse 200 strikeouts, which he may, but it was a parlay, and I said ERA below 3 and 20 wins, which is now mathematically impossible. You gave yourself a tough parlay there. I know. We all drank some of that Kool-Aid, which we'll get to. Okay. I said Byron Buxton will get an MVP vote in 2019. Don't sell yourself short. You never know. I guess. There could be a drunk voter out there. That's true. Just accidentally clicks on Byron Buxton. Buxton, Byron. 
Well, there's always some idiot Hall of Fame voter that, like, yep. you know, votes for, like, Aaron Seeley or something. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> True. It's true. It is. There was one a couple of vote like a couple of years yeah. ago. Aaron Seeley did. Yeah. yeah. Only Manny would know that, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, I did say that Nelson Cruz would hit 35 or more bone bus and drive in over 100. Nice. He did that. Well Last night he passed the 100 RBI mark. All right, Judd, you said Sam Dyson will have at least five saves for the Twins before the end of the season. That's not my fault. He's damaged goods. Can I actually sue the Giants for this? <laughs> okay. Can I uh, file agreements against the Giants? If the Giants admit to knowing, knowingly trading Sam Dyson to the Twins with an injury, are we giving Judd that point back? I say if no. If they admit to it. Oh, you're that, saying It's going to yes? take a long shot. They're not going to admit to it. If they admit to it, let's just say that's no at bat for Judd. Yeah, wow. we take it away. See, I think it's an 0 for you 1. You tried to get away with trying to take the point away. These guys are with me. All right, we'll see what happens. Uh, you said the Vikings would give up 17 points or fewer on Sunday. Ah. You said Riley Reef would begin the season at guard for the Vikings. Ah. <laughs> that Jose Barrios would win 20 games this year. Ah. And that Antonio oh. Brown would be caught yelling at John Gruden on camera in week eight or later. I mean, I guess it could happen off of a football field. No, he could be re-signed by Oakland. He's a free agent again. We'll revisit this if that happens. <laughs> Don't take that point away from me yet. Wouldn't that be great if he just goes back to Oakland? Wait, that so, would be hilarious. Wait till we get done. However, you did say that Dalvin Cook would have at least one rushing touchdown last weekend. Yeah. And we forgot to award you this last week. You said the Vikings would beat the Falcons in the opener. Yeah. So it wasn't all terrible for Judd. <laughs> Thanks. But it was all terrible for Jonathan. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Who said the Twins would get swept last weekend? That Aaron Rodgers would throw for fewer than 200 yards against the Vikings? Wait, he just turned the button right on. <laughs> Turn that back up. The look on Phil's face. We will not be silent. He's like, we're turning the buzzer. Feels like, feels like did the computer freeze again? What the hell? It will not be silenced. You said OBJ's watch will get broken last weekend. Yeah, shot. And you said Jose Barrios would win 20 games. We all said Barrios Jeez. would win 20. <laughs> Remind me not to do that next year. So that was a rough week for Jonathan. Uh, Manny, you said, actually, it was you through your uh, in- interpreter, I guess, assistant. Yeah. Ross Brendel said the Vols would not cover the 28 and a half, but they did. Yeah. They won 45 Spark to nothing. nothing. Yeah. They disappoint you once again. Yeah, so they, they never fail to disappoint me. Yeah. Uh, you did say that the Saints would win the uh, league championship, and they would do that. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Rami said the Twins would take two or three from the Indians, but he also said the Packers would hold the Vikings under 90 yards rushing. Oof. Delvin had 75 in the touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> and that the Twins would win the division no later than the end of their game tonight against the Royals. Well, mathematically, that cannot happen. As far as listener predictions, Dallas said the Vikings would employ at least two kickers in 2019. Yeah. And we're going to count that. I think the spirit of that is correct. They brought in yeah. they brought in Vedvik. We're yeah. going to count that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're a listener and you have a prediction, tweet them at Score North or at Phil Mackey. Like Mike JS said, Daniel Carlson, write this down. We'll kick a game-winning 49-yard field goal against the Vikings this Sunday. What? Oh, specific. Specific. Don't yeah. put the yardage on the it. Yardage. Wow. That's a great prediction, Dude. but don't do the yardage. Mike, you realize Why if this is a 47-yard field yeah, goal, no. you don't get the you don't get the point. You don't get the point. That's very Zolgadian <laughs> to put the yardage on. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> he might beat him. 
I hope it's a 47-yarder, just so we can come back and do this. All right, let's start with Joe. We'll go around the room. Three predictions each. Rami's out today, so James Murphy is going to be filling in. Write this down. Miguel Sano will homer in the first game of the ALDS for the Twins. Mm. Miguel Sano will hit a home run in the first game of the American League Division Series for the Twins. Okay. Write it down. You like writing things down. Jonathan. Oh, by the way, I forgot to say batting averages. Hmm. Jonathan Harrison. Uh, well, actually, Manny is still the... Manny, you're creeping up, though. You're up to 195 on the season. Jonathan Harrison's at 219. The guests are at 217. Um, I'm at 239. Rami's at 286. Judd's at 306. And the listeners are at 351. Jeez. Listeners are the least at our eyes. Dang it. Yeah. Write this down. All right, over to Manny. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Jonathan. Oh, then Manny. oh yeah, Jonathan. My bad. Uh, the Twins will hit home run number 300 by Monday. Okay. So, but wait. So, oh, they have an off day Monday. So, oh, throughout the weekend, they're going to get yes. the 300. Okay. Where are they at now? 293. 293. Okay. Okay. Over to Manny. Write this down. Daniel Carlson will miss at least one field goal or make the game winner on Sunday or both. Okay. Say that again. <laughs> so he will either, he will, he will miss a field goal, hit the game winner or both. Okay. So it's either or. Or both? Correct. Okay, you know what? We're just going to revisit this next week and try to figure it out. Why am I confused by that? He will miss at least one. You're saying he's going to miss at least a field goal or hit the game winner or both. Right. Okay. So Daniel Carlson will show up, basically. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. <laughs> okay. Write it down. You like writing mm. things down. Right over to James Murphy. Jalen Ramsey will be traded to the Kansas City, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. The rich will get richer. Kansas City winds up with Jalen Ramsey. Okay. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. I already said this early in the week, but to go on the record, Kirk Cousins will throw for at least 300 yards and three touchdowns against the Raiders because that's what Kirk Cousins does. And the pressure comes. The pressure is up a little bit, though. It is a game that you can't lose, but it's back home. And as Fitz said, though, if their secondary is that decimated, that's a good one. Yep. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to Judd. I'll temper what you just said a bit, but go along the same lines. Kirk Cousins will throw for 250 or more yards on Sunday. Okay. I'm not going touchdowns. <laughs> 250 or more yards on Sunday against the Raytas. Write this down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Since we're all making Kirk Cousins predictions here, I'll hold off on my other Twins one. Kirk Cousins will throw under 150 yards, and the Vikings will win on Sunday. Whoa. Okay. So is that going to be because he's he's terrible (laughs) or because they just run the ball down (laughs) Oakland's throat? They just run the ball a lot. Write this down. I'm so confused. (laughs) Uh, Kyle Rudolph will catch a touchdown on Sunday against the Raiders. Okay. Fair enough. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. James Murphy. I've been kind of intrigued by this Viking spread all week. It's moved from six and a half, I think, to start, and now it's up to nine and a half. Hmm. The Vikings will win by more than ten points on Sunday. Write that down. Interesting. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. All right. Write this down. I'm going to get out early on this one. Andrew Wiggins. I am buying Andrew Wiggins no, stock no, in 2019. Well, this 20, is crazy. Okay? You're doing this so you can complain when he doesn't live up to it. <laughs> in fact, that's there's some truth there. I did some sort. I would never. I would never it's, build somebody up so I could then tear them. It's down. direct from the Royce playbook. Okay, <laughs> we've all got the playbook. It's as old as Kubiak's playbook. All right. <laughs>
Andrew Wiggins will set career highs this season in these three key categories. Career highs in player efficiency rating, assists per game, and field goal percentage. All three things not very difficult to. I was going to say, is player efficiency rating for him really that difficult to. Okay, it's a low bar. We know. (laughs) We know it's a low bar. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. (laughs) Back to Jeff. Phil's right, it is a low bar, okay. but it is also Andrew Wiggins. So. Okay, I'm you know what? Stock. You know what? <laughs> I'm so disappointed in all of us right now. I had a Twins prediction. I'm going to put that in the next week's prediction segment. Can I just say, too, because I know there's going to be a lot of people that are, if, if he has a great season, people are going to be like, see, you were wrong all along. No, no, no. I've been right about Wiggins for five years, and now I'm telling you, I listen, I am... This is a Put me on sports. Yeah. I'm on sports CNBC right now. Okay. Exactly. And I'm telling you, the markets are going up. The markets were going down for five years. The markets are going up on Andrew Wiggins. Thanks, Jim. Bye, bye, bye. Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Write this down. Back All right. Jay. I am I am going to put my uh my third prediction about the twins on, on hold here because I just came up with a brand new one. This simple. Phil's Andrew Wiggins prediction made on September 20th of 2019 <laughs> will not come true. I feel like people do that to you all the time. This is the first time Judd's ever turned around and done that. Write it down. You like writing things down? Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Okay, Jonathan? Nelson Cruz hit home run 399 yesterday. He'll hit home run number 400 within the next two days. Okay, so by the end of Saturday. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, then. Manny Hill? All right. It's the third Saturday in September, which is the Saturday that Tennessee and Florida always play. And uh, <laughs> so unfortunate. Yeah. Can we skip the Saturday for your sake? And Scoggins? Uh, well, you know what? I'm going to have some a little bit of optimism for tomorrow's game, gentlemen. The uh, spread for Tennessee and Florida tomorrow is currently stands at 14 in favor of the Gators, obviously. My Tennessee Vols will cover the spread tomorrow <laughs> against the Gators. Yeah. Clearly, that's 100% not happening. <laughs> no, especially after you're last week. You're probably you right. It's probably them. not happening. Yeah, I know. They're not, they they never do what I want them to do. Write it down. You like writing things. By the way, <laughs> Manny's assistant is sitting outside the door looking at us angry because he didn't let it. we didn't let him in today. <laughs> He's not happy with us. He was late. Write it down. You like writing things down. <laughs> All right, back to Murph. Okay, this is a complete reaction to that trash game we saw yesterday. But neither the one that you betted on. Yeah, I may have thrown some at the at the Titans, and that wasn't a good idea. Um, neither Marcus Mariota nor Jameis Winston, number one, number two picks in twenty fifteen, I believe, will be day one starters next year. Wow. Neither one mm. will Ooh. be day one starters. That would be boy. That's like that's plausible. Headed toward. Because that was like, oh, which franchise quarterback do you want? Would you both. give either of them money, like at nope. all, to be a starter? No, no they no both way. are terrible. Neither one will be a day one. Which Mariota one is more shocking? Is Mariota more shockingly terrible than Jameis Winston? No, but Mar- like if if you had to ask me which one I'd choose, I'd choose Winston because he has a little bit of. T- What's wrong Mariota can't Mariota, throw. Though? He can't. He can't throw. Well, he gets hurt all the time. That too. So he cannot stay healthy. I think that's part of the reason why he's. Talent, his physical abilities have gone down so much. He just gets banged up all the time. All right. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. All right. Write this down. The Vikings, what did you say, Murph? You said double digits. You said they will win by 10. Yeah. Yeah. The sp- I think the spread's a nine and a half right now, but they will win by 10. All right. I'm going to say the Vikings win by at least, at least 13 points. I'm going to go up from that. Um, 
it's going to be a get-right game for the Vikings this weekend. Vikings win by yeah. at least 13 points. Just like Buffalo was in Week 3 last year. Write <laughs> this down. Jeez. Real get-well game. Savage Judd coming out. Never Once seen a, chew, a team puke all over its shoes like that collection did. We'll Derek Carr going to leap over Anthony Barr, Judd? Like Josh Allen did last year? They never saw Josh Allen coming. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't. No. Uh, can I say, too, that just another another uh, mention for this, Vikings Vent Line. We have Minnesota United on Sunday this weekend. So Vikings Vent Line is going to be video streamed only on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch right after the game is over. Manny Hill and myself are going to be hosting this week. So if you want to find that, and also podcastable later on, too. So we'll take all of your gripes and comments in the comment section, and then we'll give our thoughts after the game is over. Judd and Danny and Manny as part of Vikings Vent Line between Monday and Friday every single uh, weekday. And that's also podcastable. So you can podcast Vikings Vent Line. And we had, so Chansey and Fargo was the first call last week on Vent Line. And his rant, he went apoplectic. And that video, the audiogram of that, is up to like 500,000 views on social media. So. It, got, it got picked up by Packer Nation. I Did think it? that's what, yeah. Yeah, that's, of course that's what it happens. Yeah. And how dare they enjoy our meltdowns? We would never do that to them. Is, no, Gary. No, Gary. Amazing. No, Bill, no. No, Bill. Don't do it, Bill. Don't do it, Bill. Bill. The paperweight. <laughs> All right. Is Nelson Cruz the best free agent signing in Twins history? A couple more home runs last night. We can talk about that. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North. Join Dan Terhar, Kinder D. St. Aubin, Jamie Watson, and myself. As or this Sunday afternoon, as Minnesota United travels out west to take on the Portland Timbers with pregame at two thirty, kickoff at three, right here on Score North on AM fifteen hundred, ScoreNorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Okay, where's Rami? I'm on Rami's Twitter account right now. He's at Minnesota's largest candy store. Oh, that's what he this finally is. Where's he? He's, he's, he's literally posted. He has posted twenty, literally twenty photos. Yeah. And more, and a video on his Twitter account. That place is great, by the way. <laughs> Down my neck of the woods. Hmm. I don't know if I would have put that in my must must do on a staycation. Have you but ever I've never been. I've been by. I've driven by. It, I've never stopped in. You got to stop in. Okay. I mean, the pictures will show it. There's legitimately too much candy for one human being to ever eat in their lifetime. I'm not a big it's candy great. guy. I'm not a, not too big on candy. All right. They've got all kinds of pops as well. We'll, have to, uh, well, we'll see what we'll see what Rami came up with. I saw that he went he went hiking with his dog over Minnehaha Falls. It was very nice, nice little trip, little staycation. So, not what I would do, but that's um, that's awesome. Joe would just belly up at bunnies for five days <laughs> and drink beer. No, I go to different bars. <laughs> I would just go to bunnies. That's not true. Don't sell me short. I probably had uh, I probably had a little northeast. There's a lot of good bars. Yeah. Um, another uh, thought, I was watching the Twins game last night, and like much like all of us, and Nelson Cruz is hitting Bumbas. He hit one halfway up the Ivy in center field again. He's just hitting home runs all over the place. I really think if the Twins beat the Yankees, I'm hoping for the Yankees in the first round. I just, in part because I think it's an easier matchup than the Astros, but also in part because, dang it, you got to end the curse at some point. You got to end... Hardly a curse. It's just dominance. The Yankees' dominance over you. And I think if the Twins beat the Yankees in a playoff series, Nelson Cruz is going to be the number one reason why. His presence, his I don't give a bleep about what's happened here in the last 15 years Mm -hmm. mentality, Mm -hmm. and of course his ability to hit a baseball 460 feet to any which direction. The Mm -hmm. fact that he can hit a ball like 420 to opposite field too 
is amazing, and that's going to matter inside Yankee Stadium. But I really think, like, I think his presence, if people were to vote him Twins MVP, even though he doesn't play a position, I would not fight it just because his presence walking into that clubhouse, into that lineup, has changed things. So I, I wrote about the MVP candidates a couple days ago. I dropped as candidates Cruz, Kepler, Garver, Taylor Rogers out, out of the bullpen, um, and I think I had at least one more. Anyway, I said Kepler because he plays a position, and he obviously he's not great in center, but he shifted o- over, and he's had a great year till he got hurt. But Patrick said a couple of days ago that when he did his official ballot, he, he did vote Cruz, and I can't blame him. The Cruz thing to me, though... And, and this is where, this is where, and we discussed this on the Twin Show today. I find the Twins construction in 2019 compared to 2018 to be so interesting. It's for all we talk about new age thinking and analytics and, and how things, um, are perceived or addressed with pitching. You know, I love the fact that these guys said in 2018, we signed all these guys and we sort of played rotisserie baseball. Like, oh, you know, we got Lance Lynn late. Isn't this great? Lomo, let's get Lomo. And it all blew up. For the most part, it was a bunch of jerks. Mm-hmm. And so these guys immediately went back to the drawing board last October, essentially, and said, okay, what do we do wrong? And targeted Nelson Cruz from day one, which I is great. Like, you see Nelson Cruz. I don't know how to define it, but I know when I see a guy like Marwin Gonzalez or Cruz that they just got what it is in terms of they walk into a clubhouse and guys are like, okay, and and... They are not even, it's not that they're media friendly. It's not that they're not, but this has nothing to do with my job. This is all about observation. And when you walked in that clubhouse last year and you saw guys trying to, to take control, and I, I thought it was, for the Twins, I thought it was toxic. It was not good. And Falvey and Levine were smart enough to say, okay, that was bad. That and, and we signed some bad guys. And you targeted Nelson Cruz. I think Scope, Scope's a good guy. Like, Scope gets it. Marwin Gonzalez, he's the guy that you signed late this time, and he's fantastic. But it starts with Cruz. And that guy walked into the clubhouse in Fort Myers in February from day one and owned it. And he didn't say, I own it. He didn't say, I'm the guy here. He walked in, and it clicked. Mm-hmm. That's a special thing. And I think that's, that is that is a God-given attribute, and I don't know how you get it, but he's got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the story behind him signing with the Twins is a really good one, too, that was actually pulled on the Fox Sports North pregame show. Uh, I was talking to one of the producers just a few nights ago who was saying, hey, this is going to run. It's like, have you ever heard this story? And I said, "I no, I had not heard the story. Uh, I think it was assumed that the Twins were looking, that it was like, let's bring in Nelson Cruz to help Miguel Sano or Jonathan Scope. And Jonathan Scope was signed first, and and he's got a relationship with Nelson Cruz. Well, the order of events was actually, so Rocco Baldelli took the job as manager, and one of his first things that he wanted to do is travel around, not only the country, but travel around the world and go connect with some of the key players face-to-face. So he flew down, if I'm not mistaken, he flew down to Georgia and spent some time with Byron Buxton. Uh, he flew out to the Dominican Republic, and he spent some time with Miguel Sano. And Rocco Baldelli asked Miguel Sano, all right, all these free agents out on the market, Who's one that you absolutely think we should sign? And Miguel Sano said, Nelson Cruz. And Baldelli put that in his cap, went back, and now did they sign Nelson Cruz 100% because Miguel Sano told them to? No, not necessarily. But when Derek Falvey comes in and Thad Levine a few years ago, and they talk about almost to the point of like, oh, my God, you guys quit using these marketing buzzwords and these culture buzzwords. 
they kept hammering home the word collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. And you and I heard a story a couple of years ago about one of the Twins PR people was sent out. I think it was the World Baseball Classic and was sent out it's because PR people from teams go out and, they, and they're like the point person for the Netherlands or whatever. And uh, this PR person goes out to do his World Baseball Classic duties. And before he left, Derek Falvey said, hey, if you see anything or if you uh, learn anything about players, you know, keep an eye on stuff and give me some information. Give me some write-ups. And the PR person's like, what? What do you mean? I'm, I'm a PR person. He goes, well, I mean, like, you're a PR person, but if you've got an opinion on a player or you pick up some information, you know, give me a report. And so they truly have knocked down these walls to the point where they're going to their players through Rocco Baldelli this offseason and saying, hey, give me your wish list of free agents mm-hmm. so that we can take in that information. If we were already, let's say it was a coin toss between Nelson Cruz and somebody else, and we know that, boy, if Miguel Sano thinks this is the the, 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 the guy that could really come in and turn the tables, they want that information, and I think that's really cool. And I, I lo- love the fact, though, that they clearly went to school on what they did wrong, and really quickly, because we've both seen stubborn executives. We see them all the time, mm-hmm. and they're like, now my way works. My And you're like, well, no, it's sort of flawed, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And they still say, oh, no, it, it works. These guys went out, and we applauded Lance Lynn. Morrison. We're like, this is great. You're getting them late and they're signing for this cheap and it's fantastic. And we and and they did not assume that if you do that, it might be somewhat toxic. And it was. But down to down to Marwin, who I absolutely love. I think he is such a he, he's not a great player, but man, he plays all over. He's the consummate pro. And down to this time around, he was the guy they brought in late. They didn't bring in a guy who was going to bemoan his fate for six months and yeah. say, I can't believe I had to sign here for this. Yeah. They gave him a two-year contract. He's going to have a big hit in the postseason, too. Exactly right. And and he should play, too. But Nelson Cruz, it's just it's the difference between do you have a guy who essentially is your clubhouse captain or do you have a guy who thinks he is? Mm-hmm. You know, Torrey Hunter. Torrey Hunter was. No matter what you said ab- about him, and yes, he had defensive deficiencies by his, his uh, year here. But Torrey Hunter controlled that clubhouse, and, and in a good way. And he's the guy that when they got off to a bad start said, what are you guys all upset about? Just And Cruz said the same thing. I, there was a story that the Twins what lost a game in April. They lost a couple games. And Cruz essentially said, what, what's wrong with you guys? Why are you down about this? And they're like, well, we just lost it. He said, who cares? Yeah. But that's the important thing. And, and I'm just, I'm always sold on... And, of course, if, if the guy can play, it's imperative, too, because then he backs up his words with his actions on the field. But a guy like Cruz can hit 40 home runs and be fantastic, but he also can control the clubhouse. And, and that allows everybody else to play their role, and nobody, the Rosarios, those type of guys, can fit in then. They don't need to do anything spectacular as far as if things start to go sideways, can you lead? Yeah. You don't need to lead. There's a there's a certain credibility you have to You can't just walk in and have credibility. Correct. And there's been a lot of guys who've walked in, and I would have thought actually Lance Lynn's resume, Lance Lynn has pitched in some big games, and he's pitched in the World Series, and I would have thought, and obviously he just doesn't have, he's not that type of personality to come in and be like, hey, I'm a, I'm a Pied Piper, come follow me. Right. Uh, Nelson Cruz is a little bit more stoic, but he is he is sort of a big brother figure in that clubhouse. He's, he's a, he he is the definition of a sports pie piper, and when he speaks, you know what's behind it. I just pulled up his postseason numbers. I knew they were good. Nelson Cruz in the postseason, 
So he has played in 41 postseason games. Mm-hmm. He has 16 home runs and an OPS over 1,000 in the postseason. Wow. He was the American League Championship Series MVP in 2011. He had six home runs in six games in the ALCS in uh, 2011 against the Tigers. Like That guy walks into a room, and he's hit home runs in the World Series. Marwin Gonzalez, big home run in the World Series. If somebody like that comes in and says, hey, I got some thoughts on some things, or even if they just lead by example, right? You're more likely to follow a guy with that type of a resume and mm-hmm. credibility. Torrey Hunter that you brought up and earlier is the same way. Yeah. It's genuine. And it's and it's truly, if you're starting to add up all the things, how did the Max Keplers and the Miguel Sanos and how did these guys, Mitch Garver, reach a new level? And I think if there's a pie chart of all these things, I'm sure analytics are a part of it. I'm sure better scouting reports are a part of it. But I'm sure Nelson Cruz and Marwin Gonzalez are also a huge part of it. And Torrey... Cruz and Gonzalez, to me, are three very different people. Tory was, he didn't shut up, but it worked. Like, you never looked at Tory, I don't think, and said, he's sort of a phony. That was just Tory. Mm-hmm. Nelson Cruz, Nelson Cruz, I think, talks talks more than Gonzalez. Uh, but in, in their own way, it's completely genuine, and that's the most important thing. Because the worst thing that a guy can do is say, I just had a big contract, and so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lead you guys. And people are like, no, you're not. You might be a good player, but you're not going to lead us. Yeah. Nelson Cruz and Gonzalez, there's nothing phony about their act. It's completely them, but it works. Yep. So it'll be the Twins can't clinch, I don't think, mathematically this weekend. Well, Magic number six now, right? It's going six. Into so they, they'd have to win all three and the Indians would have to get swept. So it's more, more, we're more likely headed toward like Tuesday at this point. Tigers? Probably going to happen next, in Detroit, right? yeah. And you know Both what? teams have an off day Monday. And you know what? Gardy deserves it because his team lost oh, 17 of 18 to Cleveland. This whole charade, if Detroit had even slightly pulled its weight against Cleveland, this whole thing's done by now. Do you think there's part of Gardy that doesn't want to see the Twins but what I'm celebrating saying, in front of him? I hope so because he deserves to have it happen to him. Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm saying, I got what I'm saying. saying if Detroit had even slightly pulled its weight against Cleveland, this division's over. Yeah. You know what? Actually, if I'm Gardy, I'm probably not going to watch it in person. I'd probably go into my office and watch it on a TCL TV. <laughs> or just turn it. I'd probably turn the TV off. I'd just I quit Gardy. and go, go home to my yeah. couch and watch it on a TCL yeah. TV. Well, TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand. And it's sweeping the world by storm, too. T- TCL is the best combination of picture quality, price, and streaming options. There's so many cord cutters right now. I'm not a cord cutter yet. I've thought about it. I like to go back and forth between cable and uh, streaming channels, but there's a lot. There's a lot. Judd, are you a cord cutter? No. Oh, okay. No, can't do it. Uh, but if you're That's if a very you're aggressive, no. If you're in the market as a cord cutter, even if you're not, like you can get five thousand plus streaming channels. But think about how many options you have with the built-in Roku device inside the TCL TV. No extra cords, nothing. I mean, this thing's hanging on the wall. There's 5,000 streaming channels. There's no cords. Where's the Roku device? Oh, that's right. It's built in. <laughs> Go to TCLUSA.com or any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the TCL Studios. Time for the Score North download. Jonathan here with this hour's download. Powered by Modest Brewing Company. couple things to get to here in the download. The countdown to the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon Weekend is on. It's not too late to sign up for the TC10K, TC5K, presented by Fredrickson and Byron, or sign up for the Medtronic TC Family Events, featuring races for kids of all ages. To learn more or sign up, visit tcmevents.org or visit scorenorth.com, keyword marathon. On the Vikings front, the injury report came out today. Mackenzie Alexander out. 
the guys who are questionable for Sunday's game and were limited participants in Friday's practice, Ben Gideon, Anthony Barr, questionable and fault participants in Friday's practice were Pat Elfline and Mike Hughes. If you're heading to the Twins game, check out Modest Brewing, located only two blocks from the Target Field Station. Modest is known for serving a wide variety of -of one-of-a-kind, super drinkable craft beers. For a full menu of craft beers, go to modestbrewing.com. That's been your Score North Download. Now back to the final segment of the week for Mackie and Joe to the Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. Let's get Pat in here. Pat, can you fill in the blank that we filled in last hour? If that was Kyle Gibson's last start as a twin... Last night, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he makes another one. But Kyle Gibson's twins career was blank. Uh, how many words do I get? How many words? As many. Go ahead. Yeah. As many as you want. Explore the space. I I would say disappointing considering the buildup. I was looking up some stuff today, and man, we were excited uh, before he was Tommy John when he was. Uh, you know, they thought he was going to be in the big leagues in 2011. Didn't get to the 13, obviously, but not, you know, it's, it's disappointing, but not uh, anything less than that, because uh, he is seventh all time in starts made for the Twins. Uh, I don't think people realize that. I think last night was his 188th start for the Twins, and he was good last year. I had big hopes for him coming into this year. I mean, that was a good season. He pitched almost 200 innings. He was... Uh, you know, the ERA was, what, three and a half, something like that. Uh, and he, he was good last year. And uh, I don't know. I think this year was uh, – I, I I had hopes, but I think between the illness he had in the spring and now the fact – I mean, if you look at him, Judge seated him down there in the clubhouse, man. He's gone. He's just – I don't think there's any strength. I don't think he has any strength. So, Pat, there, there's no way that he can be on the uh, ALDS roster, right? There's no justification for it. I would doubt it. Although I would doubt it. Although I would not be surprised if uh, the odd man out is going to be our friend Willens Astadio, and they're going to have uh, 13 pitchers and 12 relievers. I mean, and 12 position players because. Uh, they are in a position now where they're going to have to start Martin Perez in a playoff game and then have another one that's a bullpen game. And, uh, you know, when a Martin Perez game is not a hell of a lot better uh, than, a, than a bullpen game. So, uh, right. And, and plus, you know, you're going to give Jake's going to give you five and a third when he's good, right? Yep. Perez is, uh, and, you know, so, I mean, they're going to, you know, you can only use Rogers and. Duffy so often, so uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, go with nine relievers. I, I would not shock me. Where does Nelson Cruz rank for you among <laughs> Twins free agent signings? A question I texted you, and you came back with a few responses I didn't think of, but where does he rank mm-hmm. among Twins uh, free agent signings? Oh, second. Uh, behind Jack Morris, because he won a World Series yep. for you, and uh, probably just ahead of Julie Davis, who was, uh, you know, expectations uh, were not real high when they got Julie. I think there were certainly skeptical people about Nelson Cruz because of his age, but the production was there. You know, I mean, the production was there, but Chile was kind of, okay, he's, he's cooked. A lot of people thought he was cooked, and he uh, had a uh, terrific uh, uh, season and a big influence in winning that 91 World Series. So I, I'd say second, but not by a huge margin over Chili Davis. Certainly the production numbers are, 
I, I have not figured out. I don't know. Have you guys? What? How? How distorted are these uh, hitting statistics? I mean, what twenty percent? Is it twenty percent? The hitting statistics. This year, the power statistics that everybody's putting up. I mean, uh, we got a guy that we've barely heard of in Cincinnati that just is what forty eighth. Yeah, Suarez. Suarez. I mean, Suarez. He's on my home run yeah. team. You know what? I had that guy. Yeah. I, I'm in a fantasy league that has 33 man rosters and 16 teams. So I, I I have heard of him only because of that. <laughs> yeah, and he's got 48. So he's going to hit more than George Foster. You know, yeah. uh, you're too young, uh, Bill, probably to remember when George Foster hit 50. But that was like huge. That was enormous. And now this guy for a losing team that we paid no attention to is going to hit 50. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know where to where to put these statistics, but whatever it is, I'm I'm impressed with uh, forty from Nelly Cruz, and that one last night was huge because you're every you know Gibby goes out there and basically throws up all over himself, and you're looking like you're okay, you know you're, every the whole team looked flat as can be, and uh, you know because they. Now they know this guy isn't going to be part of it, and uh, and all of a sudden Cruz comes up and puts you ahead, and uh, you know the life is back in there, and you're still four games ahead. So and, Pat, uh, here's what's here's what's amazing to your question, sort of about what what year did Bonds break the record? Oh one, somewhere in there. Was it was it that soon? Was it that soon after uh, McGuire and Sosa? Oh one, oh three. It might have been oh three. Somewhere in there. I think it was oh three. Yeah, yeah, Somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah. So here's here's what's amazing. The uh the major league record for home runs in a season was broken last year and I and I it was like five thousand five hundred home runs or something league wide. Mm-hmm. This year they're already a thousand home runs past that as a league. And it's not like we added ten teams, right? It's the it's the same number of teams. Yeah. So is is it it's weird that 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 many more home runs as a league, but no one's going to really come close to breaking the record that Bonds set in the early 2000s. I find that kind of fascinating. Yeah, it is a goofy, but uh, so you're going to end up with 7,000 home runs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, they are, uh, somebody was telling me a while back that uh, the baseball's actually not celebrating this and uh, that they uh, might uh, put a humidor in every uh, in every ballpark next year and, and uh, try to uh, cool down the baseballs a little bit. So, do you I think baseball should? Do you think they should celebrate it? Because I think it's exciting. It's marketable. Well, if I was a Twins fan, I wanted to celebrate it because yeah. this is not exactly a a uh, run created operation. This is not uh, you know let's get that guy over to third and hit a sacrifice fly operation. They they tried to spill the base last night. Everybody had a heart attack. Right, right. Lamar was out. But it's about the fifth one that <laughs> tried. Right. Fifth one that tried in three months. So uh, I, I would think the Twins would want to would be voting against the humidor. But I, I I don't know how much did that they have one in Coors Field and when that started there, what did reduce them by ten percent? Maybe something like that. I don't know when they started doing that. But why don't they just go back to the baseball they had four years ago. That's what I was going to say. Bats, yeah, exactly. Why I think, not? I think the bats got a lot to do with it, too. Hmm. I think these things are just, I mean, they're, you know, we, there was a broken bat 
last night, the night before, and it's like a shock when you see somebody break a bat. Now you really, there must be about a one quarter inch down there on the handle where you can break a bat now, and it used to break three a game. But, uh, it's incredible. Expectation for uh, Sunday but, uh, Vikings game, Patrick. What do you think? I think, I think Cousins uh, passes for uh, 300 yards and three touchdowns, and uh, the same people were calling in uh, wanting him released will be calling in and saying, I told you guys this Cousins is good. The same people who wanted to run him out of town will be uh, in, his, uh, in his favor. They can't. How about Diggs having three catches in two weeks? Yeah. What the heck's going on here? What's what's that about? I don't know, but he's 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 a little bit hobbled, and they and they only threw ten passes in the first game. Yeah, the so. first week, yeah, the first week. But I don't know. Hey, the uh, the uh, Patriots didn't fool everybody at Antonio Brown like uh, they thought. Uh, this one uh, this one uh, blew up on the boys' faces. So uh, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure the NFL and everybody else is celebrating that uh, New England didn't get away with. Antonio Brown. Pat, how much of your how much of your long term savings would you give up to be a fly on the wall for the Bill Belichick conversations in the last two weeks with Antonio Brown behind the scenes? Because I I would love to know more. Uh, do you think you even have one? <laughs> I mean, like I yeah, I just the 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 conversation about cutting him. There's got to be something behind the scenes that would be entertaining. Well, the uh, you know they they I'm sure that they you know got got all these sacred promises from him. All he wanted to do was get out of Oakland, and they they had no idea what a screwball they were getting. I guess and now now that the uh, you know the first uh, sexual accusation has come out, uh, it seems like there's uh, going to be a, a little more of this stuff, and they just wasn't craft busted. This had to be craft called, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, well, this, this, this wouldn't have been. Sorry, like, are you riding your are, motorcycle again? Are you on a motorcycle again? out there, Roycey? <laughs> no, we're, uh, we're actually going to a function for, uh, before my uh, niece's uh, wedding out here on White Bear Lake. Oh. It was dinner, and uh, they, uh, I'm sitting there looking at the lake, and some guys just decided to drive by on their motorcycle. So. Thoughtless. Uh, remember when White Bear Lake was going like dry a couple of years ago? It's right up to the top of the docks now. I don't know what. It's good now. It's back. <laughs> nice. Oh well, man, it's got. Well, enjoy your enjoy your function. Enjoy your weekend, and we will catch up with you on Monday to recap probably a Kirk Cousins three hundred yard performance. We'll see. Okay. See, yeah. see you, Pat. All right, Royce, riding that cycle. That's Can what you he's doing. Royce on a Royce on a motorcycle. Actually, I just didn't. It was hilarious. <laughs> All right, see you guys for Ventline, and uh, you can podcast our show anywhere you find podcasts. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Projectiles of bull semen.